road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profession Confession. This is the eighth take, and I was uh, screaming right before this, but welcome to the show. God damn it, we're glad to have you. Um, This week's episode, we have a mental health caseworker. Her focus is in schizophrenia, so I was very excited for this episode. It's my worst nightmare to have schizophrenia. The Brown Bomber, Tevin Pittman, doesn't mind if he gets it. Not his worst nightmare. Um, It's uh, something that always fascinates me. There's... Um, I've never really studied it before, but I've made plenty of crass jokes about it. And our guest, I'm going to call her Jill, was, uh, because that's her real name, was um, just, she had a ton of info. She focused on that. So we talked a lot about it and just hearing stories about, you know, um, hearing voices and hearing the details of what people have heard and, um, the like how young a seven-year-old or whatever with schizophrenia it was just a a great conversation and just really liked her as a guest again it was kind of like the um sex offense caseworker lady where they're very serious but have a good sense of humor and so we really appreciated her coming on i think she did i hope a lot of good because they take a big risk coming on the show because they are not supposed to so it's very anonymous so don't tell anyone that I said her name is Jill. Especially not that her last name is Nelson. So um, our co-host this week is Mike Lester, one of my favorite young comics. Check him out. Go online. Look at him up at uh, MikeLesterHumor.com and wherever the hell he does comedy. But uh, enjoy the episode. Carry on. phases of an individual who's experiencing psychosis and that can be a multitude of different diagnoses but um, typically there's a prodromal phase and um, we see that in kind of the early teens which includes um, you know uh, depression anxiety um, kind of secluding isolation um, you know dropping in grades like unusual type of behavior Mm -hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that so many teens go through such similar yeah, experiences. Exactly. Like, oh, you're 15 and like you've got, you know, hormones and boyfriends and girlfriends. And right. it's like things just kind of drop off. And so, you know, some people get really depressed and they go in their room. And so that's what makes this an especially tricky disease. Right. Um, so the prodromal phase is this kind of, you know, it can last years we see it, you know, a lot of people who come to us, they're like, oh, yeah, since I was like 14, I've I've felt really depressed and anxious and I've not wanted to be around people, those types of things. And, you know, 
I, I think a lot of people who think of schizophrenia think, you know, the guy in the street with the big, long, bushy beard who's talking to the pigeons, you know? Yeah. and it, Or it's the split personalities. And think, split right? personalities or, or something like that. And it's just not the case. Like, so many of the young people that I work with and I've um, kind of walked through this journey with them, they've, they've, they've noticed these changes in themselves. They've had a lot of insight. They've, they've reached out. They've gotten help. And I think... A lot of our culture has has really changed um, in, for the positive. So I think that there's a lot more resources available for young people, and there's a lot more um, different types of supports for people, especially in the school system. I think we have a long way to go, but um, I think kids are less afraid to say, like, you know, I'm kind of hearing some whispers, or I'm hearing my name being called, and um, reaching out so and kind of getting those terrifying. To think of that, of having that come up, I guess. What What is the main, to you, what's the most common, I don't know, marker that you can say definitively, like, if this is happening to you, you should probably, you know, get yourself checked out or raise a flag. Or if a parent hears their kid doing this, what is the, I don't know, is there something that you see over and over? I think... Across the board, uh, a lot of people hear voices. So there's these okay. auditory hallucinations, and that doesn't always manifest in the same way. And really, another part that makes this disorder incredibly difficult to diagnose and to treat is because everybody looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people will hear um, whispers or or voices. There's a great uh, YouTube video of Anderson Cooper who goes through a schizophrenia uh, simulation and he talks about how he experiences it. You guys can YouTube it. Um, But it's, you know, there's like 15 to 20 voices that are kind of whispering. You can't always tell what is being said. And I think a lot of the people that I've worked with kind of have that experience where they're not sure what these voices are saying, but they can hear whispers or they hear their name being called. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, honestly, it's my worst nightmare yeah. to think of like yeah. schizophrenia, dementia, just anything where you're subject to your brain changing. I know one of the things I read about schizophrenia is they say that you can believe something. So I'll say like Mike Lester's been fucking my wife. I know he has. I mean, and he has, he has. And then you learn the evidence that, well, he was out of town that weekend. I'm like, yeah, but I know he's been fucking, <laughs> like, there's no way. And that they can be presented with the info and they'll kind of believe it for a moment and then it's just, I don't know, then they don't believe it mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, yeah, that like double down you can't on reason. it almost. Yeah, 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 like they can't reason. I think that's almost scarier than hallucinating. No rationale. Well, what we've come to learn and there's been a lot of research that's been done um on this and Mike Lesnar has been fucking my wife (laughs) (laughs) there's video evidence but I think you know so people say like oh they don't believe me or you know family members who come to Mm -hmm. us with their loved one who's sick and they say like oh well we we do this and they come up with all these excuses or they're in denial Mm -hmm. and we hear that time and time again they're in denial they're in denial but actually what the research shows is that the individual who has been diagnosed with psychosis or schizophrenia, and it tends to be people who have maybe been experiencing it longer, the actual, the area in their brain that can um, decipher is this reality or not has been affected. So, you know, MRIs and CAT scans of, of brains have shown like there's maybe like kind of like holes in the brain to, to put it simply. Um, but the actual part of the brain that can say like, this is a mental illness and this is my brain playing tricks on me, that part of the brain mm-hmm. has a lot of dysfunction. 
So it's a actually a symptom of the disease, the lack of insight. It's not okay. denial. It's not lack of understanding. It's not, it's actually a dysfunction part of the brain. Do they have saying, a lack of insight into what others are thinking? Would you say? Well, there's a lot of executive functioning in the kind of like the prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. um, that can kind of really like, oh, you, you know, yeah. oh, you're trying to say this to me. So there's a lot of like social dysfunction, too. Okay. And what I found to be the most fascinating, and, and I'm not a brain expert, I'll say that like I, I'm not. It's OK, I am. <laughs> I'm not involved in a lot of like the brain research part of it. But in layman's terms, um, what I thought was super fascinating was you know, our brains are, we're always taking in information. So we're like, we've got visual information, we've got auditory information, we've got sensory information. And our brain is processing this at all the time. And something in the brain of a person who has schizophrenia, a lot of times the processing information actually gets rerouted to like the temporal lobes where you hear auditory sounds. Um, so these individuals are actually hearing voices. And they're actually hearing these negative thoughts and sometimes terrifying um, What are examples voices. of like things that you've been told people you've worked with here? You know, and I have to say, and sometimes they're positive. I've heard people really? that they have, they have supportive voices. And You're the best. <laughs> You're the greatest guy. Well, there's a lot Keep of confusion right. between, you know, multiple personality they disorder, you know, and people. You. My uh, my cousin Bobby has schizophrenia and he hears like Disney songs a lot. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. So yeah. and and by the way, of course, uh, I'll say it in the beginning, whatever. Uh, that's Mike Lester's voice, who is a very hilarious comedian. And uh, one of the reasons we brought him in is because he has schizophrenia. No, he. Uh, <laughs> No, because he's, I uh, see, I just stigmatized it. No, um, he have a ton of mental illness in your family, right, Mike? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. And um, you've dealt with institutionalization type stuff. Yeah, with uh, mom and dad. Uh, Both your mom and dad. Yeah. Jesus. They got out, though. <laughs> they got out. Yeah. They yeah. got out. You mean they broke out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what, uh, what are they, like, what are the... Uh, well, my dad, um, he's just suffered from like clinical depression his whole life. That's what he was diagnosed with. And then my mom, like late in her life was diagnosed with bipolar disorder after she kind of had a blackout episode, but both of them are doing like really good now. Yeah. Like, it seems medicated, like it. Yeah. Doing great. Sober. Yeah. You know, doing what they need to do to like function with it. Yeah. yeah. And you have a few really funny stories about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. Yeah. He's, he's got a really funny jokes in his act about it so yeah i think it's, i got that out of it huh it's great it's a really <laughs> a happy little thing bitty booze, huh? yeah no a few little was, goofs no that's yeah. um what what happens for you when you determine you know like between schizophrenia bipolar disorder whatever like so to someone like me i don't really know of course i know what bipolar is that you can be bipolar and then um <laughs> I don't know. Schizophrenia, you hear voices? That's the difference? Well, there, like I said before, kind of, you have to have those positive symptoms in addition to negative symptoms. Yeah. But I think the real clarifying factor is that you have to have some type of dysfunction in your life, like your, your an inability to keep a job, inability to stay in school. Um, there are millions of people with psychotic symptoms who live day to day without medications 
who function just fine. Do people have schizophrenia? <laughs> what was that? He points what? to himself. Oh, Mike, that's the guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so that's that, that to guy. me one of the biggest things that. Okay, when I think about, I have children, and when you think about early intervention, which so I mean, does it help to get early intervention? There's no cure for schizophrenia, right? So it sounds crass, but what's the difference between if I figure it out now versus just waiting? Because to me, there is a negative effect if you go, hey, you have schizophrenia really early on or you're depressed mm-hmm. or you're whatever. Like the human psyche is fragile. Yeah. And if you tell someone they have something and they believe it, I feel like they can give into it. For is a long that- time... A schizophrenia diagnosis, I think for a lot of people, felt like a death wish. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, this isn't going to go away. There isn't a cure. It doesn't get better. And it's not actually true. Um, So the United States is a little bit behind um, in terms of the type of care that's provided for individuals with schizophrenia. So there's a lot of, like, coordinated specialty care now that's being offered across the United States. And there's a lot of research that shows that individuals who are engaged with um, therapy, if their families are involved, if they're taking medication, if they have school support, if they have work support, they tend to do a lot better. And this has been known for quite a while in a lot of um, countries in, like European countries in Australia, there's been a lot of research um, that has shown that this type of work leads to higher recovery um, in individuals with schizophrenia. I mean, it's a huge problem in our country and it it costs it's one of the highest costs to taxpayers in the united states 158 billion dollars a year solely that's spent on individuals with with schizophrenia for hospitalization because when they break down it's so whatever you know well and they spend months in the hospital okay um so i think the earlier that we can intervene with these individuals, the better. And I think that when you see a young person, you know, in their early teens who's showing these types of signs and signals, like it, it really does help to get a therapist involved, to get school support, to get individual support, to get some, you know, look at medications, those types of things, substance use. Um, and we can talk about that. But um, it, the research does show that it does make a difference. And so it's a genetic thing it can be an mm-hmm. environmental so can you uh, you know the stereotype is drugs that people like you do a whole bunch of math and you stay up all the time and then you get like yeah. you laugh like a hyena and then you end up having schizophrenia is that real yeah really yep, yep. and and we gotta quit <laughs> so it, uh, friday night just got canceled yep <laughs> and in my experience you know growing up booze. you know my my family's been very liberal and they're like you experiment and Mm -hmm. kind of figure out like your own you know what's going to work for you i went to a very liberal like university and i had fun i partied a lot but i i really thought that marijuana and like cannabis was completely harmless Mm -hmm. and um until i started in this position i i really I, I was like, there's not really a downside. I mean, people can get right. really lazy and like you can get kind of like psychologically addicted to it. I didn't really have a lot of facts, but um, it, <laughs> there are, I mean, the young people that I work with who've smoked a lot of marijuana, um, they, they, psychosis is, is a symptom of it. And in Hennepin County, I guess there was like, 
72 overdoses on K2, which is like a synthetic yeah. marijuana. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Michael. I don't know why know people that. do this. They well, yeah. buy it on the internet yeah. and they just like smoke shops. it and it's yeah. just salvia garbage. Too, right? No, salvia is completely different. Salvia oh, okay. is safer for you than K2, probably. Really? Yeah, yeah, They don't even know what it is. Yeah, salvia, you just trip for like 10 minutes, sir. But K2, so um, they had like 80 or so overdoses in the hospital in one month of young people who were smoking this substance. It's they don't basically even know what it was. incense, right? I don't know what That's it is. That's what I heard. I, honest, like I don't even know what it. I don't even know what yeah. it looks like. I don't know how people get it, but I, I I'll just... I'll try it later. I kind of did some research on it in this area, and like you know the, um, is so, it HCMs? They so, have psychosis. But you're saying so that these kids are being hospitalized for psychosis after kid smoking. Smoke a bunch of pot. Pot. And you think K2. that they can, like you know that that can increase your likelihood of getting. If you have genetic predisposition, if right. there's stress, I mean, there's a lot of different. To me, that's uh, so. This is just me being cynical toward it or whatever. It's just. I don't know. Just that when I think of the kids I grew up with and stuff like that, there are people now with the benefit of age that you look back and go like, that guy was heading down this road of mm -hmm. not mental health or whatever. And yes, he smoked a lot of pot because he was a disturbed kid. And that, so I would be, and I'm not a big pot guy at all, but I would just think that, I don't know. But like you're saying like it was their I'm way of dealing with the yeah. boys, like that they yeah. were... The pot masked it rather than... Well, if you're hearing a thousand televisions in your head at yeah, the same time... I want to be high, too. Yeah, yeah, I smoke some pot. Yeah. It could be the case of weed, uh, how it's getting stronger and stronger every year now, too. Mm -hmm. But so are we as people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but it's not I mean, regulated, <laughs> and I think that a lot of the kids have the same mindset that I did, that, like, this is harmless, and yeah. it, it, like, it That's reduces... That's I'm fighting for here. It reduces right. anxiety. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to college for the first time, so, yeah, we're going to smoke weed, we're going to party, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, you know, I, I, I really hadn't thought that it was so terrible until I met so many young people who chronically smoked marijuana, um... And I'm I'm talking like a lot, right? A lot of marijuana. Um, I couldn't even give you the amount, you, but they re, they they get to a point where they're hearing things, they're seeing things, they're experiencing things, and it gets to a point where they're their family members, their friends. I've had a lot of young people who their friends have called their parents during college and said like, "This guy's out of control. We don't know what's happening. He's super delusional. He's got." You know, and all from smoking weed. Sometimes it's complicated. Mean, okay, like, it's yeah. kind of, I guess it's like what Gabe touched on, though. Like, is it is it like a product of the weed, or were they like, did they already have these problems and they just chronically smoke weed to mask them, yeah, rather than seek out help? And, and we don't. Uh, okay. I don't know necessarily yeah. that answer, but the usage is the same across the board. I mean, yeah. really, like ninety percent of the people I work with right. are chronic marijuana users. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, if you smoke a bunch of weed, you're going to develop schizophrenia. Right. But you don't think, well, I mean, so just your opinion of what you've seen, you see healthy people who smoke a lot of weed, mm -hmm. and then you think, like, yeah, I guess it's hard for you to know because you, you're never there beforehand, huh? Well, and you know, we tell people to, it's like, your brain, you're allergic to, to weed. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just allergic to it. Your brain doesn't react well. You know, we've all had, like, bad experiences with drugs, and it's like... You have that bad experience, and you never want to do it again. But I don't see that with this population. It's like these kids, 
you know, I had like one, Jesus Christ, I was naked on the roof last night. Like, <laughs> geez, literally, more of yep. that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, there was one guy who um, I worked with. He was, I think, twenty, and he had dropped out of college, and he was living with his parents, and and they knew what was happening, and and we thought he was developing schizophrenia because he had had a couple different episodes of psychosis, but he would smoke you know, massive amounts of marijuana by himself and, and sit kind of in his basement and, and look in the mirror. And he told me this and he said he would see his face change and he would see demons and he would see, um, colors and flashes of lights and, and it, it intrigued him. And he, he wasn't on mushrooms? Intrigued. No. I mean, he, he wanted it. And so that he actually was the first person that I met that he, he wanted to perpetuate his symptoms. So I he, think that's like very interesting and a very telling. Almost like if you're someone you know likes to indulge that. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, and, and he, he was hearing voices and he told me, he said, I don't have any friends. He said, the voices are my friends. Hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that's a red so flag. So he's, he's smoking sure. marijuana to, <laughs> to make his We can his cut symptoms. out the marijuana there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's just. Red flag. If you can say the sentence, the voices are my friends. <laughs> Walk away. Call an authority. And yeah. you're not yeah, like yeah. holding I mean, a phone up. For real. Like that, that is, it, it's almost like, how about that? So self-awareness, right? If someone has mental health issues and they're showing self-awareness, like, geez, I'm really, I'm going through this or whatever saying that that's got to be a good sign in a sense mm-hmm. right or not I mean, and he was seeking help you know he mm-hmm. he had awareness and he still does that you know is this okay isn't now? this isn't a healthy thing he he works full-time um he's actually yeah he's doing really well he's right. um been sober probably for the last six months uh, but when I first met him a while ago, he he was just like, yeah, I like I'll smoke a blunt and just like sit in front of the mirror and kind of like look at myself with these big eyes and I could see demons and I could see colors and I thought it was really cool and I could hear these voices and I was trying to like communicate with them and I, you know, there's a lot of like as a parent, my like, oh my god, like <laughs> that's so fucking devastating to think that these pure, you know, whatever you have this pure fresh kid and to think that's something that. You can do everything right. You can whatever, and then. Well, he really viewed it as a spiritual, yeah, and almost religious experience. Right. So, you know, there's something to be said about the people um, who who view this as a religious or spiritual experience, and it's kind of a a different rabbit hole. Mm. But you know, his parents were concerned, obviously. Um, but you know, after talking with us and kind of like using a carb reduction models and like yeah. maybe not smoke as much, like don't yeah, smoke yeah. a whole blunt, like <laughs> maybe use a one or something. Or like, yeah, remove the mirrors from your house. Yeah, like let's not like stare at yourself <laughs> for a couple hours because actually um, with psychosis, the more episodes, mm-hmm. um, and putting that in like air quotes, the more episodes that you have, um, the more damage is done to your brain. Um, so... The more often that you're experiencing symptoms, the more damage is done, and it's it really is like brain damage. So that's that's something Tev and I talked about on the way over. That I, so my view is, or why I understand anyone's hesitance for it is that I'm really, um, you know, the psyche is fragile, and mm-hmm. I really believe that our brains are so powerful that you can kind of. I don't know, will yourself in and out of things. And if you believe that you are crazy or, you know, as they say, or schizophrenic, I can see indulging that energy and going 
further down it, but you're saying that that actually damages your brain yeah. somehow? And so we, you know, the individuals we work with are in therapy too, so we encourage them to talk to your therapist about mm-hmm. this. Like there are other ways to kind of explore this, maybe talk with a religious or spiritual leader or, or, or something like that. But My, um, you, <laughs> saying that. I was thinking the, uh, a, a cleric that I go to. <laughs> There you go. You know, you just talking a, about it as an experience yeah, like rather than like. <laughs> yeah. I go to <laughs> Mullah Omar and uh, yeah. And, and when you say like you're in careers like therapy and stuff, usually like when somebody says they go to a therapist, it's kind of like got a negative connotation. Do you guys try to frame it as like you have schizophrenia that's like a positive, like try to bring it in a positive light or is it more of like a negative, like something's wrong with you? Like, hey, you have schizophrenia. Right, yeah, not like, <laughs> no, not like no, be no. happy, but like, like trying to, yeah, promote like it's a normal thing and like, like a, this is what everybody, people just like you're going through to try and. Yeah, how do you not have a stigma? Like, yeah. as he's saying, without, I mean, Christ, if I heard that, or even if I would have heard before I read about this, your dad has schizophrenia, I, like, honestly, even though I know this isn't true intellectually, I think intuitively I'd be like, he's probably going to be dead in the next 10 years. Well, like people, some, people with know. schizophrenia have a shorter life expectancy. They do. They do. Because and most of suicide? Because of suicide. Okay. Yeah. And, and one in 10 individuals who have been diagnosed with schizophrenia have either attempted or will complete suicide. So our, you know, our goal is to stop that. And we, it is going in the right direction. We're reducing the number of individuals who, who do commit suicide. Um, as a nation, and I think that's a really, really good thing, obviously. So, well, actually, I, I have a counterpoint to that. And, and I'm not at all, like, actually saying this, I don't know. Like, what's the quality of their life after that? You know, like, how good can your life be from, if I'm hearing a thousand televisions in my head at the same time, um, you know. Isn't it, isn't it depending on medication, though? Because some people, like like she said, that guy that uh, made friends with all the voices in his mirror, he works full-time now, like he's doing but better, But is that still, sober. I mean, you can have a full-time job and all I'm a greeter at Walmart and fucking <laughs> whatever, like, going through my fucking day. That's so I mean, I'm serious. It is insensitive, but, but that's, 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 but that's true. a like, truth. Like, it's still considered a full-time job. It's not like he's a CEO it, of some company. Well, I don't know where he works, all right? Well, no, but, <laughs> but, but, I mean, really. There's shit like, okay, when you fall down in your life, and this is why people don't report mental illness stuff and whatever, like, okay, I had a drug crash, right? So at 28 years old, I had to go live in my parents' fucking basement. And then you start doing these minor tasks and people start going, oh, that's great. Hey, everyone, Gabe works at, you know, and it's like, oh, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so insulting and negative feeling because you have your intellect still. Right, yeah, they're patronizing. How many of them, yeah. Like, how many of them are living that life? You know what I mean? Well, that's... I, don't I like mean, it's funny that you say that. I, I met with a young woman today. She's she's 24, and she was taking... Um, she's not on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's quite uh, grandiose, so she has a lot of ideas that um, she is maybe not necessarily God, but some type of prophet. And she, she's here on earth to share her information with people. And she's, she took one class at a community college in Chicago and she, she didn't pass the class. And, um, I had to kind of be hard on a God. I kind of had to work (laughs) through that with her today. Yeah. Um, but you know, and, and a lot of the blame was shifted onto the instructor. You yeah. know, this is the teacher's fault. This is my parents' fault. This is my sister's fault. This is everybody Ooh, else's. Is that fault. a big thing the in big general? Deflection. I bet. Deflection's a big thing. I don't, I don't see it as much, but okay. with 
with someone who's not on medication mm-hmm. and who's kind of been developing like multiple episodes, yeah, it kind of it, that can be common. But you know, I I did see glimpses with her, you know, and I said, well, you didn't turn in like half of the assignments. Yeah, she's like, yeah, that was on me. It's like there you go, you know, and it's yeah, just yeah. like that you little thing. But you know, in this all this talk of like I'm I'm gonna be a superstar and I need to you know I want to help people and I'm gonna help people like live their full life and she's but she did say like you know your program is is fucking bullshit like your program is bullshit I'm a genius and actually she's very bright um we've seen her like test score she's incredibly intelligent she probably has a higher IQ than I do Um, voice is helping her with her tests (laughs) but but that's I mean that's her brain working you know and (laughs) so she she was able to she was able to say like my confidence is like much lower now that I'm in like a program and I've got like you helping me with school. Like it's bullshit. And so that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, I mean, right. in a way, Be- I mean, we're not like, good job. Like you did it. Right. Like you, you don't do the high voice. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think but that's just, a problem with a lot of other there. supports. Pro- you know, right. She, she know. kept it really realistic though. She's like, well, you didn't turn in half your assignments. Hey, like I get and yeah. then she's she doing it. the right thing. She's like, yeah, that's I'm kind not... of on me. And yeah, I said, yeah, well, yeah. it was on you. Yeah, that's good. But I mean, it was Grounded. so frustrating because she made it to like 95% of the classes. And it's like a once a week, wow. three hour lecture. And I talked to her professor towards the end of the semester and her professor was like, why are you reaching out now? And it just happened to be the timing of like the supports that we put in. She's, she was just like, you know, she's like drawing concentric circles on the whiteboard during this class presentation. And like, nobody knows what she's talking about. And it was like way tangential and like super out there. And, and, you know, it's hard to kind of tell somebody, you can't just be like, look, everybody thinks. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're crazy. I mean, that's the stigma. That's what people say. That's, I and so you have to approach to it in a way, you know, we use a lot of like motivation, um, motivational interviewing techniques, kind of like getting you to realize kind of what's an example of that where something is going, you know, with the homework, it's just like, well, kind of like, well, okay. why do you think you only got 20% in the class? Right. Well, I didn't turn 80% of because they hate geniuses. It is God. Kind of. yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of persecutory things that are going on with these people and not not everybody's forthright with what they're experiencing so i, right. I think she was experiencing some other maybe auditory hallucinations it, command hallucinations that's another what's that that's um when you're hearing auditory oh, hallucination telling voices you telling you to do something what's the sca- like uh what's the scariest like auditory hallucination that's been reported to you that you've heard where you i don't know hard to keep a straight face almost like geez We've had um, a couple people who have, you know, they've they've checked themselves into a hospital and said, like, I have a voice that's telling me to um, kill my mom and my dog. That's mom I, and dog. Just, my I mom mean, dog, and my dog. Is a dog and they come to us and they say, I don't want to kill my mom. I don't want to kill my dog. Oh, I'm my not, fucking God. That's so scary. I'm not going to yeah. kill my mom. I'm not going to kill my dog. I don't know what to do. And the voices are saying they're going to kill me if I don't do this. I have a I have some from earlier. Is intelligence like a common thing in schizophrenia? No. Like are a lot of them like more intelligent? Yeah, yeah. are a lot of them more intelligent, or are they kind of a uh, I don't want to say dullards. I, no, I can't there really are people speak who you know, right where it's like, like a, in yes. the world where slow brains like yeah, yeah, yeah. you can tell they're slower. Not a lot of thoughts are going through. Our yeah, schizophrenia yeah. is always high velocity thinking. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, um, we, you know, person first language is really important um, as well. So it's like it's a person with schizophrenia. We we don't use the term like schizophrenic. Oh, really? Like they're schizophrenic or, I've been you using know, it this whole podcast. They're no, autistic, you know, even mm-hmm. like with people with disabilities. So I think it's really important to. Can you um, say that again just so I get it? Uh, person first language. So it's a person with schizophrenia. A it's a person with, with autism. Okay. It's a person with Down syndrome. It's a person okay. with a mental illness. Those types of things. Um, That's how I should refer to schizophrenics. <laughs> person with schizophrenia. I know. I know. Okay. Uh, a person with schizophrenia. Or psychosis. Right, I gotcha. Yeah. Oh. You know, could be because the word schizophrenia. You know, what do you think of when you hear the word schizophrenia? I think of the movie What About Bob. Mm-hmm. When he says that's a very nice fucking that's outlook a nice on, outlook yeah. on when he says on a I'm, a, I'm a schizophrenic and so am I yeah which is really split personality that's you a dream in like cartoons mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a beautiful outlook on schiz- I've been I've been waiting this whole episode to mention what about Bob I I love that movie it's a good movie it's a great movie what do you think of when you uh, think when you I mean hear I, the word schizophrenic right away I think mental illness like I yeah. think crazy mm-hmm. or like dangerous. Like the person on the street who is talking to themselves, yeah, yeah, and dirty, and you know, it's such a stigma. And and as I've grown though, and like you know, I've had I have a family member with it, and I've met people with it. Like you know, it's it's quite opposite the fact because mm-hmm. people do seek help and get counseling. And both yeah. my grandparents had schizophrenia. And really? So it's they were married. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we've been oh. incredibly lucky as a family that there's. Hasn't what? been. I was going to say, so Were you nervous? <laughs> Dude, there were so many thoughts that just rushed I know. I had a whole bunch of jokes in my head like, that loaded up. No, this is family. Yeah. Um, did, did you worry ever, like, growing up, was there, like, a we have to wait for her to get to a certain I age didn't to make know. sure you're not schizophrenic? I didn't know this until um, I was older. Um, but my mom told me, you know, she was like, and actually when I started this position, she was like, that's my dad. I thought this was going to be your whole inspiration, but it was yeah. just like a true. This is my dad. Yeah. And right. he, he started a whole second family and didn't tell anybody. He kind of just like disappeared for a little bit and then he kind of came back and nobody knew what happened, but he had started a whole second family so in a different country. Voices and in his head are like, you yeah, can pull this off. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Have sex with her. Yeah, it, it growing up with your grandparents that are both schizophrenic people with schizophrenia, <laughs> schizophrenia. You're trying. That's important. Like as a as a kid, did you ever like? Was there ever a moment where you thought like, "There's something that's maybe yeah. a little off with"? God, my grandpa's fucking weird. I didn't. I didn't actually know them. They both passed away before I was oh, old no. enough to know them. But oh, my sorry. through my mom's experiences. Um, it's okay. Uh, uh, you know, it sounded like it was pretty dysfunctional and, um, they had, they were people with schizophrenia. So yeah. Give them a break. Yeah. They're both therapists too. What? What? Really? How, does, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Is that See, common? Pe- yes. I mean, people with schizophrenia live normal lives. Yeah. Like, can I say this? If you're this getting is the stigma that people have, it's like, what? How, do they, how are they a therapist? Like, right. if yeah. your therapist is a person with schizophrenia, what the hell is wrong with you? That's it's manageable. A, one of my friends. It is manageable. Has a, a cancer doctor who has cancer. <laughs> oh I was like, I fire him on the spot. You can't even keep it out of your own body. You're going to fucking try to help me? <laughs> Work on yourself. Yeah, you're right. Why don't you fix your own fucking shit, then come try to help me. Okay, but think about, think about drug counselors 
and licensed alcohol chemical dependency. Yeah, they beat like, it. If, yeah, if you go through they it. Beat it. They beat it. They're not on drugs at the time. <laughs> but but that's how it is with schizophrenia. You oh. can beat it. You there can. I can, recovery. but I'm strong. Recovery, yeah. recovery is possible. Medications have come a long way. Um, and that is really kind of my hope in coming to this podcast is to really. It's not for the jokes? It's not for the jokes, right. Gabe. Okay. <laughs> it's especially bits. not for the jokes. I think it is important sometimes to laugh because the stuff is really dark. It's really scary. You know, a lot of people who are listening maybe just have a family member who've been. You know, oh, my little brother just experienced psychosis or he was in the hospital for a long time. He didn't know what to do. And, you know, I really wanted to come here today to, you know, recovery is possible and things do get better. And with medication management, with family support, with school and work support and, you know, counseling, it, it does yeah. get better. What are um, So, can again, better. from the parental perspective, um, I'm good with denial. I'm good with, uh, like, I mean, I am prone to going, like, huh, I don't know, you know, it's fine, it's fine. Like, especially something like that where you go, I, you know, the the perception is so negative mm-hmm. in my head because I haven't learned this stuff till this conversation. Um, so I can relate to any parent wanting to not face it. And yeah. ha- have you dealt with that? Like, have you ever seen an extreme Absolutely. case of, like, parents really, like, blaming you or... Not helping? Not blaming, but um, actually one of the first young people that I, I met with when I started. Um, so my my role, you know, I'm kind of like a case manager, so I go into people's homes mm-hmm. and um, I'm doing visits with them at school and at work and I'm visiting their, like, living space and kind of, like, assessing is this a safe place for them to be and those types of things. And... Again, this is kind of a situation where I look back now and laugh, but at the time it was quite terrifying. Um, I met with a a young woman who um, had just been diagnosed um, with psychosis. They weren't sure, you know, is it schizophrenia or what it it was, but um, they had said that um, her father had also been diagnosed with schizophrenia. They lived together. So I go into this, um, I'm doing my first home visit and... You know, I'm all sprightly and excited because it's like my first home visit. Yeah, so I'm trying to be positive. Trying to be positive, and I'm that type of person where I have a really bright affect, and I'm just like excited yeah. to like how old were help you? people. Or, um, I mean, somewhat recently, or this was like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um. So yeah, I was super young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Twenty four. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so I go into this home, and it was sort of a reality check for me. Um. And I learned throughout my experience with this individual and others that sometimes, and this may sound sort of bizarre, but like a person's living space, or maybe not if you know people who've lived with mental illness, a living space can kind of adapt and change alongside a person's mental illness. So when I went into this um, young woman's home, all the curtains were drawn. It was very dark. Um... I, I knocked on the front door. Nobody came. So I'm, I'm calling this person. And, and, you know, she texts me and she's like, come in the back. And so I, like, walk into the backyard. And it's kind of, they've got a lot of, like, they've got, like, a Christmas elf thing in the back. And this is, like, March. Right. Um, and so I go and they, Festive these, people. these dogs <laughs> come to the door. And the dogs are really matted and, and right. you know. 
their mental illness is manifesting itself in on every their home. piece of yeah. their life. Yeah. So right. I come into the house and it, you know it's it's dirty, it's dark. Um, there's bizarre artwork on the walls. There's mm-hmm. bizarre items strewn about the house. Like what? There's what kind like of a, there's a uh, poopy toilet paper poopy. in her vagina <laughs> bush. That was a pre-show. <laughs> callback to the pre-show. That was a callback to something you guys haven't heard on the episode, but Mike Lester but, had an but episode. But was there something? <laughs> was there something like on the counter where you're like, "Oh, that shit." Why are you avoiding this, Mike? Never be a, okay. No, I'm not avoiding it. Okay. Well, there like, there were just like dead dead plants, yeah, um, dead baby animals. dolls, like without clothes. Oh come like, on! Just, like, That's make, so stereotypically. It's so cliche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I walk in and I, and I literally was like, "Is this a joke?" Because like, and the house just smells like cigarette smoke, and it's like I'm not used to that, and it's just like it's just so dingy and dark and bizarre so I'm meeting with this girl and we're like sitting down and I'm kind of like okay like Baby. let's talk about your strengths I'm like let's talk about what you're good at and like this house is just like dark and smoky and gross and so we're sitting at this table and she's sitting across from me at the kitchen table and we're, we're chatting or whatever and like you know 10 minutes into the conversation I kind of like look into the corner and I see this like slow drag of a cigarette in the dark corner of the house and like there's a person sitting in this rocking chair watching us smoking a cigarette in the dark and they've just this is my first home visit this is my whole time the whole time oh god and i was like (laughs) you know and i go oh hello there i'm you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm michelle like what you know, yeah. what's your name? Like, what's happening right now? Who are you? And, you know, he comes and he introduces himself and he kind of just like is really, you know, and he, he was sick too. And so it, it just, when, once he kind of came into the light and like I got to see his face, I felt a little more comfortable, but I didn't go back into the I, shadows. I didn't do a lot of like, <laughs> I didn't do a lot there. of home visits after that because it was, you're, you're it was kind of. Before. Because Disturbing. when you do home visits too, so you are a—I um, don't know if this matters—but you're, you know, an attractive young woman, and you're not huge, and so you go into these homes with people who have mental illness. I meant that to be—I was trying to make be non-sexual, <laughs> but I realize now it made it sound like you're like uh, portly or something like that, and I was trying to say, well, you're not huge. Uh, you're not, oh my god! You're not obese. <laughs> You're not, no, but you're not like an you're intimidating. You're gonna die in four years. Yeah, you're not yeah, an yeah. intimidating figure. That's what I mean. Thank you, Tevin. Um, <laughs> That's why we're a good team. I know. <laughs> oh, you meant like she's she's not like muscular, muscular. And tall. She's not physically imposing, like like uh, Zena. Right. Huh? Well, <laughs> she could be Zena's best gal friend. What was her name? <laughs> I don't know. What was the black girl's name? That? I don't know if it was Gina. Gina? Gina? It's pronounced Gina. Gina. I said Gina, but Gina's better. What, uh, <laughs> no, so I'm saying you have to go to these homes with people who are mentally ill. Or sometimes are. No, they are. They're mentally ill. <laughs> yeah. And actually, even that, here's a side road. How many people have their kid has schizophrenia and you go in there and they are just totally together you know like most of the time mo- okay most of the time most of the time okay you know there's a lot of affluent neighborhoods and yeah. they're in big houses Even rich and they go to you know right these like 
comfortable white suburban neighborhoods there that is. you know it's like that wasn't me who said that don't put that <laughs> I'm on saying me. it yeah I'm saying it and and really like but that's probably because they made it with black people and that <laughs> that's a me and Tevin joke okay he's mixed all right we'll cut that out anyway we're going <laughs> forward we need to leave it in we're leaving it yeah. what a good joke <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm I mean, people saying, ask me, they're races. like, you know, where do you, you know, drive around? Like, Chicago has a lot of different, obviously, like, areas, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm in every different area of the city. Yeah. Really. No, and, and, I'm in the and suburbs, I'm in the inner city. Really, what I was asking is is about, um, you know, um, in the furniture game, you see families who come in where you just go, every one of them soup to nuts is fucking crazy. Like, where it's not, and I'm not saying there are people with schizophrenia. They could be whatever it fucking is, but it carries through the whole family. Um, and, well, then you shouldn't uh, say they're crazy. Why? Because you only say that language. about people with schizophrenia? No, I mean just... No, I know. No. Removing... No. So what about the word crazy then? Who removing the about? word crazy, removing the word bonkers, insane. Bonkers? Yeah. I have OCD. I have... That's mean. That's I'm insane. Judgmental. Bonkers? It's judgmental, yeah. dude. Yeah. I don't think people what say if I bonkers. Called you bonkers. I'm, I'm sensitive about it, and I about bonkers. I think, yeah. I think we should. I all honestly have not heard that about. I think. I know, feel like obvious. you're lessening the symptoms, then, right? You're okay. just kind of making light. Yeah, of it's it. essentially, no, no, no. It's essentially like the like the R word for. Yeah. People with schizophrenia. So I get okay. I understand that. Can we call it the S word? Maybe the S, S word. Schizophrenic. Oh. You know, the R word, the S word. Well, then what do you say instead of schizophrenia? How the fuck do you talk to people? How about just saying people with schizophrenia? Well, yeah. Okay. They're bonkers. No. I, like, really, I've never heard bonkers used as a... Um, as <laughs> this, just just came up the, this just came up today. Like, somebody was like, oh, it that's falls bonkers. Under the, uh, umbrella it's like some bonkers. I, I get it. But yeah. I, I've never... Like, trying I, to be... I get you. I yeah. get you. But, uh, sensitive. It's... Like, my mom yeah. went through a stretch in the hospital, and, like, she ran into that a lot where people were being, like, overtly uh, insensitive. And even in her, in her state, she would bring it up. Mm-hmm. Like, she, like, everyone's How would they making, say that? Like, everyone's how did making that come less, up? Like, um, people visiting her or just fellow patients. And it just, you know, it made her feel less. And it's like they would weren't say what? treating like, it I mean, as big as a of... deal. She would, she would never get – just, like um, – like people will call it a phase or something. Like you'll get through this phase, and then like she like, you know, she would hear like crazy and and and. Nuts. And I get so that. It, and, but if, I guess is it different when they're referring to her, or as if like let's say something happens that's unexpected, and somebody yeah. says, "Oh, that's crazy that a rabbit just ran through our studio." Then is that like you know if it's not yeah. in the context of where you're talking at somebody is that different? Well, than... yeah, I mean that's probably different. But when it comes to like a certain person, their feelings. Then okay, so it's not the whole, just case. the word crazy. She's like, yeah. well, can it's say crazy it's anymore. the it's the intent. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's the intent. If you're targeting someone with it, it's like you know how are they supposed to feel? Right, exactly. But like, but sure, but intent also refers to, you know, when you say someone who says that this is a phase for you. Uh, when you said that, I hear that as someone who just doesn't know what to say, and they're trying to well, be positive it, for. Well, it, it's better to say nothing then. If you're, if mm-hmm. literally the only thing you can say is it's a phase, then it's it's just better that you don't say anything. Or like try going outside, or oh, go yeah, for yeah. a walk, or try yeah, some exercise. exercise. Well, I'm not saying it. that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I but mean, I hear I that a lot. That. I mean, yeah. I hear that a lot from like, what if he, you know, what if he went outside more? 
she went. Is he vitamin D deficient? Yeah. Should he take vitamins? It's like. Hold on. Is that for people who are already diagnosed that? Or is that for someone who oh. their teenager is sitting in the room yeah. and they don't know what they're going through and they're trying to, you know, I mean. I mean, maybe those that's very parents easy are to have say some that. denial. I mean, yeah. right. But that's very easy to say that about when you know someone has it and that, oh, that was an insensitive thing to say. Yeah. But going through that. If that were my child or something like that, I think that's a totally natural progression to go through. And, yeah. you, you know, to say like, boy, you're, you know, he's in his room a lot. I mean, I, I don't think that's games. insensitive. Yeah, I don't think that's insensitive yeah. or rude at all. Well, that's, 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 totally, like that's totally different, though. You know what I mean? Like what I don't you're bringing see it, up. I don't see that different at all. Well, no, because he's saying I'm like, saying like calling people nuts. You know what I mean? Like calling people crazy. Like we sure. we, like, we see it as less, but like to the like, you know, it, it's it's it makes sure. an impact. Yeah. No. You know? Okay. I do two, understand two that. Two separate I conversations, not, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. yeah that, that's yeah. what it is. Like, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like, these words, you know, they, they trigger people and they, you know, they make them feel like, you know, why even keep, you know, progressing or trying if you're going to treat this this little. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, when it's, like, fucking up my whole life. Because, like, my mom went through it and she was hearing this from her family, too. Yeah. Which makes it even more because they just never learned how to talk about it. Like they were just like, oh, there are a lot of, they're just like a lot of other families that just kind of sweep it under the rug and just ignore it. And it's like, oh, well, we all live a long distance from each other. So there's not really. Is that yeah. still the case? Like, do you guys, are you now, have you give, been given tools to talk about this as a family? Oh, absolutely. Like I've always been, cause I kind of grew up in it. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of learned how to talk about it at a young age through like the counseling I went through. And it's like, well, this, this environment isn't your fault. Like that's what I learned. Yeah. And like, you know, I just learned how to talk to my parents about it and like more so active listening. But as far as her extended family, like they grew up in a total different, um, you know, time and they just didn't have the resources that I was given. And I think there needs to be a willingness to like, you know, obviously there needs to be a willingness to like try with your family or like try to understand and to assist mm-hmm. rather than fix. Because a lot of families just yes. think they can fix. Right. Uh, rather yeah. than live with it. And exactly. Just, right. Right. And just assist and, and listen, because that's yeah. that's all they want. Nine times out of ten is they just want to vent. Right. And just not feel they're judged. sick of listening. Yeah. They're hearing voices all the time. That was a joke that I mixed in, but that was pretty good, and I get what you're saying. Well, it was of, pretty good. A lot of family members too will say, like, you know, they've got some delusion about, you know, government conspiracy, or like yeah, the FBI's yeah. out to get yes. where there's cameras in their houses and they're watching. Do you everything see that as a th- yeah. as a thing in general? Like yeah. people, okay, that's interesting. Very common, you know. There's well, especially in this day and age too. What's the what's the weirdest conspiracy theory anyone's ever told oh, you? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh. That's a great question. And my, my follow-up question to that is, like, what's the weirdest thing anyone has told you they've seen? Like, those have been my big two. Great questions. Th- these, this whole episode. I think the most interesting experience I had was a woman who's actually been in recovery, um, and she lived for 10 years um, with what we call the Truman Delusion. Um the Truman yeah, Show, Truman's the movie. President. Oh, okay. No, the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Um, so she lived ten years, um, very isolated in her apartment um, and in her day to day life, thinking that she was on a reality television show, and that the, I relate every, to that too much. Every, I was just that's, yep. Everything I, around her, you know, was a TV show, and and every action she took, there was commentary. I mean, she lived alone for ten years. Keeps it entertaining. Talking about the food she was cooking. 
talking. Yeah. I'm going to take the garb. I'm taking the garb. I had someone when I was in high school say something like, I'm not a character in your movie or something like that. I remember just being like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how do you know that I think this is a movie? Yeah. You know? I, and I imagine that lady like saying something and then taking a, an applause break and like looking to an imaginary oh. camera. Yes. Bows every she did. Night. Yeah, right. Before going she did. Pit. She would make jokes. She would, I mean... She thought she was very clever. She uh, again, would go to the to store that. and no, what it t- it's it, it. This is why this is so scary to me is because, as someone who's pursued something ridiculous like like stand up comedy or fame or however you want to <laughs> say it, it it's. I feel like, and as someone who's crashed on drugs and whatever, I understand how it feels like to believe that you're getting away with something or doing something well, mm-hmm. and then standing in a room with people going like. What the fuck is the matter with you? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that this is going, and it's incredibly debasing. And that even the fact that people know, like how fragile your psyche is, you can think of a uh, like junior high girls or boys, whatever, where you can be a group of friends one day, and then all of a sudden you're four friends, and one day the three friends go, "We don't like you anymore," mm-hmm. and you're stu- and how like it's so isolating and so profound i guess and I, to think of having that just occur in your brain is... but i think a lot of people are really attracted to that too i mean yeah you, have you i don't know if you've interviewed a person who has bipolar disorder but there's a fun part of it like it's really? mania is fun yeah yeah you know you're oh you're hooked it's great you've got energy you're yeah. got ideas you're going 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 and this woman in particular like and now she's in recovery and and she's doing very well and she she says often that like i was hooked on it like i knew that she's like deep 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 down yeah. i knew this wasn't actually a thing but i'm like hooked on it and so that's what it really intrigues me is because i work with a lot of people who have said like i want to hear these voices and i'm intrigued by them and i want to hear these like Godly oh, spirits so and things. There's a whole thread on Reddit so of like level. of uh, schizophrenia support and people who are like. There was this whole thing that I read about. Um, I want to hear the voices and I want to be. I want to know more and I want. I'm intrigued by it and it's interesting and of course it is. You got nothing else going on in your life. You're feeling out right. of school. You're you don't have you a job. You're living in your, your parents. But yeah. Exactly. And it's like you're smoking a bunch of weed all day. It's like right. of course you're feeling paranoid. You're uncomfortable and you know it it's interesting though. I so I I hate in a way how much I'm relating to this again too because it, there is so I'm a very like I get excited about projects, about ideas, whatever, and my mm-hmm. brain is going a million miles and to where my wife can almost identify it. Like, you're manic right now. You're excited. Like, and mm-hmm. calm down. And I'm now aware of it, you know, to where I'll see it. Go like, okay, I'm just... Do you have fucking. mania? I mean, I... I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Eric, have you ever been evaluated? Well, I've, I've gone to therapy before. No, but like psychologically evaluated. I went to a therapy for psychological <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Did I not say that? Am I going crazy? <laughs> it was like on. No, it's crazy again. But um, no, no. I mean, I, it's never been. I've always been productive enough that I've never. Well, everyone's productive when they're manic. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah very. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, clean your own apartment. But I'm saying got... it hasn't had a super negative effect on my life. Sure. You know what I mean? Or at least never enough to where anyone has said. You should go 
look at this. Okay. Mine, it might have always been very tight and very. That's typically to the drugs. sign yeah. that you need some help is right. when it becomes dysfunctional. And and, yeah. and does that kind of fall into the like the category of where for like autism, for example, people say like, well, everybody's on the spectrum to some degree. I feel like is that like everybody's no, got. Not. Well, like, you never heard that where like Who people. Says that? Say, <laughs> I've been told that. Yeah. Too, that like I'm I've, I've heard spectrum. people say that, like, oh, well, everyone has like, autism. No, not everybody has autism, but oh. like there's like it is an overdiagnosed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like saying you have ADHD or something. You hear like, that all the yeah. time. People love to to like lean on that and relax and that like oh, I'm so ADD or I'm so yeah. you know, and even autism. I've heard people fucking sex that up like that. They're um, it's just bizarre to me that yeah. that that's become how do you o- sex up autism. Just like you do ADD, like like saying like, oh, I'm so ADD. Like they they normalize savant, it, or like right, you're right. hyper focused on one. Oh yeah, yeah. like the guys that or, can win chess every time, ch- or Rubik's right. cubes. You know, and, people. Yeah, make. and I was saying, it's a lot of times it's like if somebody like will flick the extra dust off of a table, and they're like, yes. oh, sorry, I'm so ADD. I need a clean or OCD. Or OCD. Yeah. And stuff I have like OCD. So they just throw it's it out like, as a cute you tag. You don't line. have OCD. Right. Stop saying. Yes. I'm so OCD. It, it, it's not. the worst uh, comedian trope out there. So many comedians do that. Like, oh, just, yeah, sorry. It's just the same I mean, thing oh, I hate. I've seen, I mean, a lot of people who have a schizophrenia, and actually, it's a schizophrenia spectrum disorder. It is. It is. a spectrum, it's absolutely. Um, but not I, disorder? You're out of order. <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Uh, oh, and I... <laughs> so, disorder. Like, so when families... Families come in and like a lot of them will be in denial about their son daughter having schizophrenia. Do you have anybody that's on the opposite side of it where they're like, "Hey, I think something's wrong with my kid. I think they have schizophrenia." You're like, "No, you, your kid yeah. doesn't." Or have you it. got it, bitch. Or <laughs> you don't have to say bitch. Yeah. Right. Like, I does mean, that happen? I there always seems to be some type of breaking point. Um, and you know, for a person to be put on a seventy-two hour hold or be hospitalized they need to be a danger to themselves they need to be a danger to others and a lot of times um people will you know engage in reckless behavior and that's how they'll be like put into the hospital but i think most of the time the parents like are really just scared Mm -hmm. and they don't know what else to do and even after the diagnosis even after they're out of the hospital they go we still don't know what to do like this person is you know we don't know how to how to help this person. So that's where that like family therapy component comes in and like, you know, boundaries and, you know, teaching people their own independence and like how to treat yourself well. Do you ever you know? see it like a parent trying to get their kid a diagnosis where it's like, no, he's, he does not have it. <laughs> like there's been a couple times where we've been unsure if the person has been legitimately experiencing psychosis and yeah, it's either to be like it? um through like a commitment process like through the legal system so people are put like mm-hmm. on commitment if they've committed a crime and you know most of the time though it's they have a personality disorder like this isn't nobody goes on antipsychotic medications for fun and like nobody mm. would do that like i i don't know i mean I snorted some uh, lithium. No, I don't. No, no, you I don't know. No, 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 snorted an element. You said with the court system. a drug. Well, lithium is an antipsychotic. You said with the court system. So, do you ever work with the court system on mm-hmm. diagnosing somebody that is or is not clinically insane? We, um, well, we wouldn't. You know, they're not 
insane. They're either, you know, considered competent or incompetent okay. to like stand trial. So mm-hmm. an individual may or may not be put under commitment if they're unable to care for like if they can't feed themselves, if they can't um if they're not sleeping, if they're not eating, those types of things. So, um, you know, or they'll be put on commitment to like take medication. Like you have to take your medications. You have to be involved in some type of outpatient program. Um, Can you still plead insanity in a thing or is that? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if that's. Uh, I mean, mentally incompetent. Okay. Yeah. I'll plead. Okay. Just curious. I don't know if they use the word insanity. Plead bonkers. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love the word bonkers, and now I'm just so. Wasn't careful. that a like, cartoon? I, like there was there a cartoon a candy. character? I think there was a candy bonkers candy. I, I swear there was. You're boggle, man. You're um you're you're out of order. You're Yahtzee. You're, <laughs> you're, you're Yahtzee, dude. You're boggled. I don't know. Yahtzee. Yeah. You're totes Yahtzee, dude. Yeah. It's just that that's what's hard to me is, and that I always bristle at any word stuff boundaries because. Um, am I on the side of saying that to someone who has a dis- like no of, like of course not but you do need words to describe things and that is valid like you know I, I'm not trying to I'm really not trying to fight on the side of this but there are so many of these things in the world that it becomes very narrow mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. bonkers uh, feels like a fun one <laughs> no I would I don't say know. It bonkers just, it, is yeah. a more tame one yeah it's and, the tamest yeah. thing and I think it comes you know down tame? to <laughs> one of my uh, you know yeah. and I think it just comes no. down to I don't think I've ever heard somebody in a very angry or negative hey man, way you're fucking bonkers call somebody yeah right yeah. like nobody's ever used that or it's like, why did I say bonkers I don't know I, I don't know why any didn't, other word it really bothered or, me or did someone bring up uh, he called me bonkers right. and that's what I do I was you know why I did it because you called me bonkers oh I'm fucking bonkers I'll show you bonkers I'll show you all bonkers <laughs> Crazy and insane are the that ones I get. that. Okay. Okay. Yep. okay. No, we would have no fucking. <laughs> I am so sensitive that. that even bonkers and you know. Gabe, you're fucking bonkers. It's just. You will never come on this podcast again. Oh, I'll make my you have way. Have to up. be sensitive. Um, <laughs> what's the scariest situation you've been in? So now I want to focus a little bit. What the show is really. We've been talking a lot about about people who are schizophrenic, but we have not people talked who about have schizophrenia. Uh, Fucking a man! Come on, this is so hard. Come I on, say we're new to this. You're, yeah, you got it. It's this okay. is my first day. Person with schizophrenia. A person with schizophrenia. Yeah, it's bonkers. And they, I'm sorry, too many. Go. Oh come on! I'm clearly can, joking. Can, can, can I take it? Because you never answered this question. What's the What's the thing that someone saw? That's like the craziest thing. Whoops. Oh, my God, <laughs> Mike. Oh my the guy who's sensitive about this stuff, go. and you drop that. Well, just the strangest thing someone saw. Like a family member? or No, just like yeah. um, like someone reporting their hallucination like, yeah, to where you've yeah, gone, yeah, yeah. like where You're it's like, taking your wow. breath and you had to act yeah, professional. Wow, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the death thing, or killing parents is pretty... You did. The, but that, that's The auditory. command hallucinations yeah. are tough to hear because it's just so distressing to these young people and they don't know what to do and they don't know why they're hearing it and a lot of them know that it's an auditory hallucination and some of them don't. Um, do people with, people who are schizophrenic, do they have enough insight that if you, so again, I'm thinking of this as a parent and if you were worried about your child, could you say to them at the dinner table like, um, 
you know, are you hearing voices? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, could you be direct in that way and would they answer you honestly or would they? You, it depends. Of course it depends. But I mean, by and but large, yeah. yeah, do you think I, they would be honest? You know, and I think in therapy, a lot of individuals do that. We ask okay. people, what what are you hearing? What are they saying? Um, to kind of gauge whether the person is hearing command hallucinations or not. And that tends to, you know, medications can be managed a little bit better if they're having command hallucinations because that's more on the extreme side um really mm-hmm. so that's essentially good news if you hear that from like no oh, okay no um the opposite you know oh, okay, it's bad uh, news. yeah but you know we, we we don't necessarily encourage like family members to ask what you're hearing or or what you're doing because they just don't have the education or the there's so many rules it. in the world that is so hard like there i mean are, really as a parent don't know what to do i mean how terrifying to have your child have this diagnosis and they don't know what they're doing and they're sitting in their room and they're laughing maniacally and they don't understand what this person's doing i think you know to it's go back it's the scariest tavern oh my no God. no i mean really it is the scariest thing in the world and to me, it can be. dementia, I, I'm just saying like on the out, right, without understanding more about it, and that's why it's important that people actually hear about this and know. Also, yeah, I'm going to round a beer. Um, Thank you, Tevin. I mean, what's the worst part of doing your job? Like just, you know, just the thing where you're just like, oh, this is a fucking pain in the ass. Like I, I know, so I've talked to you enough now. I know that you are a good intentioned person i know that you really care about this that you're passionate about it but you still have shit inside where you go like oh fucking hate this again there's a lot of shit right uh, um i will the hardest part for me is uh the negative symptoms so the people who have severe severe depression um when they're suicidal i have you know family history of suicide i i've worked with people before who have completed suicide and it's you know just something that I haven't always like dealt with in the best mm-hmm. way. And so, you know, when an individual is telling me like, I don't want to live anymore and mm-hmm. I, and I don't know what to do and I'm not a, you know, licensed clinical social worker, you know, right. I don't have that kind of therapy background. So I think like that to me is the hardest part is when either an individual is like actively suicidal or they are so depressed that they're unable to really engage in conversation and I can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk like that's just who I am and mm-hmm. so I you know that's why I'm good at my job is because I can go to these people's homes and we can just engage in conversation just go for a walk you know like let's, yeah. let's get out of the house let's go volunteer I volunteered with somebody today and it, it was really fun and what is the best moment you've had in this position like I mean is there you know are there a lot of wins in this there position so many wins yeah. and actually there are way more wins than there are like really really sad i know you love the morose and you love no. the dark and you no, love no, the no. decrepit but it's i mean like, yes i do i do true. but no yeah. but, I, I, but i'm gl- there's so many bright spots and that's why i love 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 my job and it's what keeps me going and part of it is when i can either like get somebody out of the house who's been isolating for a long long period of time and we can go like volunteer or meet with a business or engage in some type of like, activity oh, no. No, but no, it'd be if hard they to smile, right. like honestly, right? I, and I was, you know, telling my friend today. I, I volunteered with this guy today, and and he was talking to another volunteer, and he asked him like, "Where do you go to school?" and "What's your name?" Like that, to me, was just the biggest. I mean, I still get I get goosebumps head, because he's 
he's been in his house for months right. and he hasn't talked to anybody and it's just it was such a beautiful moment to like yeah. see and I wasn't even just like oh you know being like mom type and like oh go talk to that guy yeah. you know he did it on his own and he seemed to be like genuinely interested and it was the first time I'd seen him really like kind of like light up and seeing that in people to me is like the brightest spot when people get jobs Um, So I help people find jobs. Um, I help people with school. So when they succeed in school or they achieve their goals, I've gotten a lot of like thank you emails and thank you cards and like thank you calls and parents who are just like, we couldn't have done this without you. And this is just like, he's doing so well. Did we talk about this on air about the quality of their life when they get this? We we, we talked about it. Was that on air or was it before? I I was going to ask, what's like the best job you've seen someone get? With, oh, right. I mean, I work with CEO brilliant, of, brilliant people. I yeah. mean, yeah. chemical engineers and wow, oh yeah, yeah like right, way out of my league. Would you so physicists? You, so yeah. I mean, on that great. note, if you knew yeah. someone, and, and I mean, and I think that's great, and I really am on as someone who struggled with many of my own things. I'm 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 really not judgmental toward people's histories, but that said, if you knew someone was schizophrenic was working with it i'm sorry what you know whatever i'm supposed to say (laughs) i'm not trying to diminish it i'm not um i'm trying to get this thought out which is a big deal for me and uh you got it if you knew that they were in a position um as like a pilot for an airplane are you just good with that it depends it depends on what airline, huh? <laughs> depends on who's playing. Yeah. Spirit, Spirit, go, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I've had people have told me, I want to be an astronaut. Yeah. Oh, no. I want to be in the military. Military is a big one. We have a lot of people who that either were... can't be good, right? Who they want to go in the military or they were in the military and they were dishonorably discharged or mm-hmm. honorably discharged. Um, so kind of bringing that... Again, that's the motivational interviewing technique. That's kind of yeah. like, okay, you want to be an astronaut? That is like so fucking cool. Like, let's figure out what it's going to take to be an astronaut. Like, let's go talk to somebody who has worked with NASA or who is an astronaut. Right. And actually ask them directly. You have to indulge that? Sorry, that was a bad way to put it. Yeah, what do you mean? Okay. It's not gonna. It's not helpful for me to say... No, you can't be an astronaut. You have schizophrenia. Well, you don't have to say because they have schizophrenia. Have you can say, have well, you, have have like, no you have no fucking qualifications to be a... You have functional decline, those types of right. things. Or, uh, you know, I want to be a rapper. That's a huge one. Like, I'm going to be a mega superstar. You might be a great like rapper, Tyson. actually. I'm going to be a mega, mega superstar. Who? 50 Tyson. He doesn't have... A, he's not a person with schizophrenia. I think he has autism, Down syndrome, something like that. But there is, like, a dis- person. That's I bet he, uh, yeah, he, rapper. I think he could be good, actually. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a mo- I'm going to be a model. I'm going to be an actress. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a superstar. I'm going to be a comedian. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. Hell no, yeah, I can, I can relate. It's it is a fragile state, fragile state to be. It's, okay, it's not going to happen because reality, because all of our reality is tied to other people's perceptions. Like, I mean, is it like that? But I mean, reason? while you were out, we were saying like you have to like, you have to create boundaries. For yourself, for this person, and if that's like the takeaway that I can give to like family members who've experienced this, or they have a loved one who's experiencing psychosis, or uh-huh. like, take care of yourself. 
and you have to see you have to be able to talk about this as a family and like you said earlier like it is a family it's a family disease whether you like it or yeah. not like okay. and the people who are engaged in family therapy and the gay people who are engaged in um medication management and individual therapy they do better they do better makes it easier to talk about too like yeah. being able to start these hard dialogues like it it just it means so much and that and so that makes total sense to me completely what I'm uh, truly just asking, and this, there's no judgment attached to this, is when I think of schizophrenia, I think of it as a disease. And to me, like, okay, you know, cancer is not dependent on, or I mean, I don't think it's dependent on whether my dad believes I have cancer or not, right? Or like me getting over that, um, which my dad would tell me to tough it out. But Rub some dirt out. Right, right. But, uh, and he'd say that for... Uh, schizophrenia as well <laughs> but uh, but that that is something I was trying to drive at earlier but I don't have the intelligence to which is just our psyches are so fragile and I've had moments in my life where it, you know like because of drugs because of stress because of whatever where I feel like I could have talked myself into you know a bad direction right mm-hmm. and and that would have become my reality and that that would it become me to some sense, you know? But mm-hmm. because of how my family raised me or whatever, it, it, it is a little bit of the old-fashioned rub some dirt on it and move on. And I think that has, you know, in my case, served me well. I've had plenty of problems along the way and whatever, but I think they could have got worse had I been in the type of family who really indulges and lives in it and says you're, you know... Again, I know how old-fashioned this sounds and all that stuff. I'm not trying to say... But it isn't. Okay. I, I think we see the same parallels with families who deal with chemical dependency, with gambling, um, yeah. all, all different types of addictions. I think it it beca- it's a family disease. And, you know, the takeaway that I want to give to people is just, like, take care of yourself. And... Um, engage the person I can. Don't, don't fight fire with fire. Like... You telling a person like you're not the out. you're not the president or the CIA is not going to kill you. Yeah, that's not going to do anything. It goes, oh man, like that must be really tough. Thinking it's best the CIA to talk is, it out. Okay, that's really tough mm. to think the CIA is going to kill you every it, day. Yeah, that's a stressful day that's for a, sure. That's a tough yeah. day, you know. And it's it's I see a lot of families who are destroyed by it, and I yeah. see a lot of families who come through it together and they take the education and they work really, really hard and, and things end up just, just fine. How many families take it seriously? Cause you know, so most of them. So when you're, but when you're brought into the house, I can see people going like, well, she's here to help him, you know, or her, you know, whatever. Do they all, I, I guess, are there ever situations where you have to say like, no, you guys are not handling this the right way. Like the yeah. way that, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. that's a big part of your job. Yeah. Okay. You know, especially with, there's a lot of people that I work with who've just dropped out of college and they moved back into their parents' house. And that's a very tough, yeah, yeah. I mean. In my basement apartment, I mean. Without mental illness, that's a tough situation. And Mm -hmm. those boundaries are a tough. um, Especially when your mom's a fucking bitch and on your back all the time like mine, you know. (laughs) But like, you know. Telling, you know, parents setting the, like, oh, you can't do this, or you can only do this, or, like, trying to really control this person. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always work out 
in, in the best way. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different examples that, that we so can use. But it's, if it happened to your kid, how do you feel like you would handle it? I, I mean, between between tough love and, you know, I know it's not that simple to say tough love or easy or whatever, but is there some sort of uh, behavior towards it that you see that you think is more effective than others? I think um, the families that have the most success are the ones that are engaged in long-term therapy and who are um, active listeners and who don't um, question or doubt a person. They just listen and support and encourage them to take medications and give them some time. I mean, we say, you know, you break your leg and you're not going to go run a marathon the next day. And psychosis is kind of like that. And so your brain, it's like a break to your brain. You know, that's why mm-hmm. they say like you have a psychotic break. And so your brain needs a lot of time to heal. And I see a lot of parents who are like, oh, it's been three weeks. It's yeah. time to go back to college full time. And We've it's been indulging it, this it, too long. It, yeah. Especially in this like instant gratification age. Mm-hmm. We live in not too long. Where's like, the pill? Where's the magic yeah, yeah, pill? Everything needs to be fixed the next day. Well, well that and too, if you break your leg, you can see the physical like oh, we know what it looks like when it's healed, whereas a brain injury, it's like the same with like concussions in the mm-hmm. NFL when they don't they come back too soon. It's like you can't see the brain healed without going to the doctor type Anything of thing. Anything as a spectrum would be so hard. I, I mean, just maybe that's my old fat. Ugh. It'd be so hard for me. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, you like problem solved, and this isn't something that a problem solved, right? I mean, how often does it pass? Or not pass, but, you know, like get... Oh, he went to two years of treatment and sort of went and never looked back. Well, we say in in all honesty um, that there's kind of a rule of thirds. So um, a third will go on to lead successful, independent lives. They'll have jobs. They'll get an education. They'll and have their own families. Again? I mean, is that possible? They'll never have an episode again. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Okay. Um, and a lot of that is um, related to like different types of therapy and like chemical dependency as well um and staying sober that's news to me completely like i mean honestly i I would have never known i didn't know that either yeah i didn't know it either and like how much weed actually like can like you've gotten anti-weed through this job huh and And i never thought i would burning man (laughs) i never i never thought i would right i really did and it's like these and especially young men and it just I see these like 15 to 20 year old guys who just sit around and smoke weed all day. And it's just like, you know, I, I don't want to pass judgment on those who do. But if you have psychosis, it's really not good for your brain. Well, almost everyone to, who smokes mm, too, enough weed to get some psychosis. Yeah, But it's like, I mean, to have like a right. full break or a full episode. But it's like you have that, you know, you can get that paranoid feeling like people are watching yeah. you or whatever. And it's like that's like that all the time. What about dabs? <laughs> I don't even know if those are. That's how old I am. The, I mean, marijuana culture has gone full blast. Like Minnesota, like Minnesota and but, Illinois. Like there's not, you know, it's not legal yeah, recreationally, and, and, but and, it's. And the weed thing isn't the case for everyone, right? Like some people can smoke weed and it doesn't lead to stuff. No, and, and they don't lead to paranoia. <laughs> it's a gateway. Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah, like yeah, lots yeah. of people. Yes. Yeah. Millions of people smoke weed and Billions. dab but the, without having any psychosis or problems. But, but there's a small group that does. And I can't do it anymore. Forever said that's why we need to legalize meth. 
because meth is <laughs> well come on it is made from people and people are from the earth so like mm-hmm. it's Preach. natural wait it's made out of people no. no, people make it though, and they're from oh, the right. earth. It's, oh. it's, it's like organic. second gen. It's second generation <laughs> organic. <Yeah. laughs> no, I, I'm not for legalizing meth. You look at me like Meth is made mother. out of the ashes yeah. of people. I, I mean, no. I've I've supported a lot of people who've had a methamphetamine addiction, and it is nasty. Like it is, you know, they talk about like bugs crawling under your skin. I mean, it's it's that all the time. That's and, great like, for energy, though. People I mean, are coming I'm, and. But but in a house clean. No, it's a it's no, fucking horrible. No, it doesn't. And and no, and by the not. way, all of my drug Mm-mm. stuff. By the way, just for total clarity. And as someone who now has kids, it's like you never. I I will never forget looking at my kid in the crib, like in his he was two weeks old or something, and just going like, he's just clear eyed and brand new looking. Like someday he's just gonna get rip roaring fucking drunk or whatever and puke all over the place. And it's like God. Damn it! I didn't Probably. bring you here for that. And let's hope they don't have, you know, psychosis or schizophrenia. But you know, three in a well, hundred do. If he does, I'm going to support him. Wood. And there you go. With your kids, you see something. He's laughing in his room like a hyena. Uh, yeah. What do you do? So your parents, you're in there. You hear that? Do you confront him? Do you call someone? Do you? This is a genuine question. I'm not being a dick. That's how you're looking at me, but it's a truly a genuine question. I don't think question. you're being a dick. I yeah. think um, that's a very important question. I think a lot of parents deal with that, especially of teenagers, because it's you're not clear what's happening. Right. Because everything's everyone's on cell phones and there's everything's on the internet and things like right. that. But I think you know if there's a dramatic. He's um, listening to Profession Confession. He's not. Uh, that's your first. Problem. It's not a person with schizophrenia. He's, you know, if there's a dramatic decline in social and academic functioning, um, that can be a warning sign if um, isolation hasn't been common and they um, have just kind of stopped seeing all their friends and things like that. I think talking to them is the first and foremost, like the best thing you can do. And then um, if you need to, if they have school um, counselors or resources who can do that, um, talking to them and then having like a formal diagnosis or getting an assessment. How many schools have that stuff in place, though? I mean, is that normal? I, I know there's yeah. always, like, a counselor, but someone who's actually equipped to... I think, I mean, in Illinois, there's, you know, most high schools have somebody who's available, like a school psychologist or yeah. a school counselor advisor who can talk to. Not sure about Minnesota, but... Um, I got one. So, through doing this show, we talk to a lot of different gang members, military personnel, sex workers... It really puts a different perspective on what normal is. How is, has this job kind of changed your perspective on what you think normal is and as far as a mental state? I, you know, a little bit. My, my background is working in people with developmental disabilities and mental illness. So I, I have seen a lot of different kind of behaviors and family systems and you know but I think like my perception of normal and I my perception of people with schizophrenia has changed for sure because I had no clue that it was anybody walking down the street like half the more than half almost all the people I work with you wouldn't be able to be like look at them and be like oh you have schizophrenia or you have a psychosis really no, like they're just That's like it's one of the like things, I mean li- I know. they're they're yeah. kids. They're right. high schoolers. They're experiencing like scary stuff and they're they're so brave, they're so resilient. And like I think 
you know, the number one takeaway from this is if you, if you have a family member or if you yourself are experiencing psychosis, it's like, it isn't that uncommon. Yeah. It, re- it really isn't. And it can get better. And like, there are resources available. Like, um, NAMI is a great, um, resource for people. They have a lot of information about psychosis and schizophrenia and there are different chapters in different states that people can, um, can go to and talk to school counselors should be equipped with some some helpful things and and then um, yeah and then also we will put links in the text of this so if there's ever or if there's organizations especially we have a ton of listeners in minnesota so if there's stuff here that we can do just let me know what they are and we will put them up sure so yeah so listeners can go to that or check that out Mm -hmm. um also, oh, Tevin, should we do some listener questions? Uh, or do you have yes, because there were some good ones that I saw. We uh, be quick. Two seconds. Um, so yeah, we got Justin Gengler that wants to know: Do you ever fall into one of their like, <laughs> mind traps, or have they tricked you? Is there any like? I guess so with schizophrenia, is there any break that you've kind of gone along? With? I just like mind traps as it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's using weird. That. They mind freaked you. And he's a yeah. Hey Justin, we like Justin. Yeah, and just yeah, Justin's yeah. a he. A he's not a listener. fucking idiot. No, no, that's a good question. I mean, there are a lot of people who have delusions um, or different thoughts, and like I said, like challenging those delusions and thoughts aren't necessarily like that's not the best way to go about it. But <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, oh, tell me about like the CIA. Like, are they like how are they going to kill you? You know, and so it's like how are they? Like, there you go. How are they tapping is. your phone? But really, it's just that I'm I'm hyper vigilant and hyper aware of what people tell me and the things that they experience. So I think I'm like really cognizant yeah. of. Do you're, people you're have ever have, Do people reason. ever have delusions that are just like one degree off of reality? Where yes. it's like. This Ooh, actually could question. work. Yeah. It seems believable. Especially yeah. like, with like school. they say they have a pet dog. Or they could say, they like, don't really have the dog. I am going to be we, a famous comedian. Right. Or or even, like, they're, like... <laughs> like, for real. Like, when you say conspiracy <laughs> theories, they're, like, did you know 9-11 was staged? And there's plenty of people that aren't. Mm-hmm. Schizophren- or a person with schizophrenia that think 9-11 was staged. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of, t- you know, or, I like, I interviewed for a job and I did really well. Or oh, okay. I, um, I'm going to pass this class. Or I'm just fine there. without you. Or, like, I don't need your help with this. Or I'm just fine. That's the type of, like, this is like yeah. one step up. And then it's like, and especially since it's like the end of the semester right now, like, I'm getting, like, floods of phone calls. Like, help me get an incomplete instead of a fail. Like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, well. How, how do you differentiate, though, from the, from that, like, being a symptom of schizophrenia versus, like, it could just be, like, a pathological, pathological lying? It, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. E- oh, either okay. way, you know, I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm here to problem yeah. solve. M- most people who are in, who work with me are here voluntarily. Um, so it's, like, if you, if they say, like, oh, I don't need help with getting a job or whatever, it's, like, well, what can I help you with then? Or mm-hmm. why are you here? You know, like let's let's talk is, about that. Is there any que- uh, quality that someone can have that you immediately rule out them being a person with schizophrenia? Like, as in saying uh, he's self-deprecating. Like that's a hard thing, given the that would rule them out from having yeah, schizophrenia. Or, or, you know, something. Um. Like, you know, something where you see them behave in a way where you go, oh, it's probably not likely because he or she is doing that. Well, actually, 
people who are super eager to like get treatment and get oh. help like that's not okay super common where they're like yeah like which, which i want to go on antipsychotic medications and like <laughs> i'm really excited to take yeah. these this that's injection a great thing for parents to hear, injectable like yeah. that's yeah. a little bit of kind of a red flag red flag but it you know which, i mean there are some people who are like that and that's great but I think, like, and same with, like, chemical dependency treatment. It's, like, people aren't, like, hurrah, like, let's go get treatment. Like, right. there's always, people are always kind of met with resistance and with some type of skepticism when it comes to, like, especially, like, wraparound services like mine. And Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think this is a good question that's somewhat in that vein, which is, this is from Sally Vardaman Johnson. We call her SVJ. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you ground them in facts? How do you acknowledge their experience without allowing their psychological narrative drive the freight train? Allowing their psychological narrative to drive the freight train. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, SVJ all the time. Coming SVJ, the what's up? Um, it's not easy uh, to not let that drive, but sometimes that's their only drive. And so we'll use that... Um, as a way for them to get help. Like if they're, if an, like I want to be an astronaut, for example, like I want to be an astronaut. So I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go to college and it's like, all right, well, like, let's see how you do in like physics. And it's kind of like giving them that they have to kind of like learn that on their own, like learn some of those natural consequences on their own, like failing a class. And like, I help people with school, but it's like at some point, like you have to be like, you smoked weed every single day and didn't turn in these assignments. <laughs> I think I heard that exact speech right. in high school. <laughs> yeah. So like, why am I going to bail you out? You know? And so like, let's not like that, let this like control your life and have you move in that direction. It's, it's more like, you know, what can I do to help you next? Like, and what can we do? There, there's a book and I'm blanking on the author, but it's called, um, I'm not sick and I don't need help. Um, that's a really great resource for family members who have someone who's like, I'm fine. I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm perfect. I'm God. I'm Jesus. Like, I right. can, you know, function perfectly. And it's like, some families are like, no, you're getting kicked out of the house and we'll right. see how great you do. And like, a lot of times that's the people who we see. And, you know, like the individuals who you see on the streets and like who are like, talking to themselves and that Bonkers. kind of like classic like vision of a person with like schizophrenia like those people have have been given tools and resources and sometimes that's all that's that's where they are you know yeah. that's that's what they are it's not who they are it's just where they are and their family members have had to make a choice and had to like a difficult choice to like make boundaries and it's not like their families gave up on them right. it's just like what more sometimes can you, you can't right. yeah right <laughs> How about no. this as far and this is not like I don't want to offend anybody, but it's right. like you know Right. There's times that it Yeah. Yeah. And so of all the delusions that you've ever heard a, someone express, inside those delusions, what's the biggest pair of tits that you ever have heard about someone seeing? Like, I mean, not to hear? Not to hear. To hear? <laughs> I ask that every podcast, but I know you made you it feel okay, really I shitty. But I know you do. Well, <laughs> well thanks I'll for take, laughing along. I'll, do you want, I'll take the next Facebook question if you want to take the last Please. one because I yeah, feel like yeah. that's more up your alley. Yeah. Um, so Nicole Olson, and we're just going to read these verbatim. Hi, so Nicole. Uh, Nicole, thank you for writing in, Nicole. Um, I'm not sure how to word this, but have you ever had have? But have you ever? 
considered yourself a schizophrenic or developing those... A person with schizophrenia. Sorry, I told you I'm reading it verbatim. I know, no, I know that. I'm yelling um, at her. A, sch- a schizophrenic or developing those type of behaviors based on thoughts or actions you were doing at a certain time or period of your life. I feel like everyone has that I feel like I'm going crazy moment. Yeah, and, and that's kind of funny because when I first started out, you're, you're learning about all these different symptoms and um, there have been times where it's kind of like, like check myself like is that yeah like i'll hear something and i'm like was that an auditory hallucination <laughs> that's why i ask all this stuff i'm <laughs> fucking relate to the fragility of it i don't know but i mean it it, it happens and people right. hear things and sometimes you don't hear them and it's like you just have to like reality check and you know how many <laughs> times has someone been in a relationship and then you get out of it and you're like what the fuck was i doing why was i going Most along with right like yeah. mo- so to me that's commentary on how fragile you know exactly. and like everyone's mental state is we all and question ourselves and i think you we, should unless you're a fucking uh i don't know what to say anymore but uh, <laughs> you're, old. you're learning yeah that's really funny too <laughs> um, but yeah no that's that's funny because sometimes i'm just like oh did i really hear that or was that mm-hmm. a delu-? you know do you ever have nightmares about it or anything because you're so in it I run on the side of being an anxious person, and I've, um, especially surrounding suicide, I have a lot of anxiety around that. And so, if an individual has like expressed that they don't want to live anymore, or they have a plan, and they're not seeking additional help, like I have lost a lot of sleep over that, and it's just yeah. Um, yeah. How do you keep me up at night? And, and you know. <laughs> I have a really good sports system and my friends listen to me and like obviously we have therapists on my team who listen to me and I can kind of check in with and yeah I have my own therapist too so how do you (laughs) she helps me (laughs) how do you go home from work and disconnect from it you know are like is that a strength of yours or is that the hardest part of the job I think it's been more difficult than I want to admit Mm -hmm. um for me because I do feel so passionately about it. And like these people, I just want to like, I was telling you, like, I just want to like hold them. I just want to mm-hmm. hold them. Like they're so sad. And some people are just like, they're so disturbed and they have so many problems. I just want to like fix everything and just be that like fairy godmother and wave a magic wand and like make it all better and help their family members and just like move in with them and like be part of their family. And, so, like, so make speaking things better. of that, and so about can't do that. how passionate you are and everything you can't do is, that. you know, have you ever hooked up with one of your patients? That's Chris uh, Garcia's question. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> that was a joke. It's, no. You, yeah, no. no. I was yeah. so happy, though, that you started talking about passion because I no, thought yeah. it was dovetailing. Chris, Chris, yeah, of it. Chris definitely leans into the what's the biggest pair of tits you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so listen, we have, to honor, yeah. we have to honor all of our yep. guests. I mean, I've, I've made very you, strong personal connections with people and I think there's a lot that like I can relate with individuals but that's what makes me good at my job and and even I guess like because when you think of somebody with mental disorder I think naturally the stereotype is like somebody yes. that's like a less Not desirable well to society mm-hmm. are there no. any like has there ever no, been one like the as good looking as Tevin yeah. okay here we go no has, um, has but there is ever there, been someone who's as good looking as Tevin whose head who you've dealt with who's had that disorder sure i mean there's lots of wow the spectrum of <laughs> she people. a model for wilson leather <laughs> sure. jackets sure i mean there's a lot of real quick there's right a lot away. of people who are 
very attractive. And, Not like Tevin. You know, oh, we've got thought, like a spectrum here. I thought so. she was going to say, there's He's a lot the of people as attractive as Tevin. I was like, wow, way to make me feel real average now. How often does it manifest itself um, in violence toward others? Um, like, you know, is that I, a common I don't trait? Know, or? I don't know the prevalence of it um, nationwide or anything, but the people that I've worked with, I think it's kind of that rule of thirds. Like okay. a third will have, you know, we call it homicidal ideation. You yeah. know, they'll, they'll have ideas or thoughts or um, auditory hallucinations surrounding hurting others. Um, and I will be 100% clear. Like people who have, who, who are experiencing those things, they are much more danger to themselves than others. Okay. And the news portrays people, you know, in the worst light possible. So, you know, I just want people to know that yeah, it's much more common that a person's going to hurt themselves than they are other individuals. And most of the time we, when I'm working with people and they, they, they come to us because they say, I'm scared because I'm having this thought or I'm yeah. having this hallucination. Mm-hmm. Are the, how about um, in sexual type stuff, acting out in that way? Um, there have been a few. Um, we don't. We're not experts with that, but we experts. We we're not experts okay. um, with individuals, but we have had people who've had who've reported, you know, thoughts of, you know, sex or violent sex. Oh my god, I wasn't even going there. I just meant like, or you know, like they raping become hypersexual or, or whatever. That's what I meant more. Yeah, there's that. I mean, and I've, you know, and. My experience, you know, I'm doing home visits with these people and I'm working by myself, so I'm very hyper aware of what's, what's yeah. happening. And, you know, depending on a person's like history, I'll have like a family member present or we'll meet in like a public space. So we've got Bob Edwards, friend of the show. Hi, Bob. Obviously. Hello, Bob. It's a long one, so bear with me. When I was a kid, I lived in a town with less than 300 people. There was a guy who was schizophrenic that I cut the law of. $20 with every... I bet that's what he meant. Oh, lawn. Okay, yep. $20 every time. He took out ads in the local paper to fix anything for people and was legitimately great at it. Rebuilding engines, repairing HVAC, doing roofing, and in one case, doing someone's taxes. Uh, <laughs> I have this, uh, which is a huge step up. This person was, yeah. um, and um, is it super common to maintain really broad skill sets for people affected with the disorder? A lot of polymaths, right? Other people who are, yeah. yeah, where they have. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's it's super common. I think that this person has really learned how to capitalize on their skills, mm-hmm. and if they are a polymath and they have all these skills and they know lots of different skill sets, yeah. and do they skew they're, intelligent? They're making, they're making money off of it. Like that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, right. It's kind of like how you say like people can be CEOs. There's not really a limit on yeah what they could do. Okay. Do you think that they skew intelligent though overall? In my experience, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so we got two. That's good. That'll help destigmatize. And so Mm -hmm. we and so we kind of touched on this already, but Sarah Schrader um, wants to know how old was the youngest child you've diagnosed with schizophrenia, and how do you know it's schizophrenia and not something else? Um, I think I talked a little bit about that before. um, That Mm -hmm. the youngest person that I've worked with is, I think, fifteen or sixteen. and essentially, we can like rule out other types of diagnoses from the other types of treatment that the person okay. has had. Um, okay. And then lastly, Andy Matfield. Ooh. 
Hey, is Andy. that a personal He's friend a of yours? He's a buddy, yeah. Okay, well, good friend of Mike Lester, right. Andy Matfield. <laughs> Fantastic. Please uh, be a good question. He, wants, he says that he worked at a group home for schizophrenics in college. How often does do you see patients who are stuck in a loop? And I hope you know what that I, means. I mean, I can imagine what that is, but if you could elaborate on that, I think that would be great. I think anyone who has known a person with any substantial mental illness sees that loop um, and sees, you know, different different phases and you have, you have good days and you have bad days. And um, I think, you know, and again, this is just kind of my personal opinion, but it's, you know, the, the system here, we, we've failed a lot of people who have mental illness. And I think that the, the system that has been like created, like puts people into that loop. So especially people who have been in like residential care or like an intensive residential therapy or hospitalizations, you know, they go, they either commit a crime or they um, are homeless and they get put into the hospital and then they get on meds and they're okay and then they get kicked out and then they don't take meds and then they get back on the streets and then they use drugs and then they hurt someone or they you know hurt themselves and it just a lot of my loop it's not it sounds like every yeah it's not their fault it's not their fault i think we've failed these people who have been so sick for so long and they're there's been, you know, the earlier we intervene, the better. And I have a lot of hope for the young people who I work with and who've um, come to us for help. I think the, the earlier that they can, like, the better the outlook. But I think the longer that a person goes without treatment, without support, um, the more they're going to get stuck into that loop and be more like a danger, danger to themselves. And about, I get it, you know. How about this? In ter- so uh, when you talk about people who have this, you can tell that you are very empathetic to it, and yeah. you can tell that you're passionate about it, and you're very, um, I guess I want to say forgiving, but that's not the right word. But, you know, you're very empathetic towards it. Do you feel like you have so much empathy towards them? Do you have a hard time in your regular life giving that to people who – are you harder on people – uh, boyfriends, husbands, parents, whatever. No, no. I, that's just. I think overall... that's just my my personality, yeah. and that you know, I. You never know what a person's going through. <laughs> right. You know, you, you run into some like road rage. I had some girl. She like chucked a whole fucking thing out of the car at me, like on the highway, and was just like screaming at me. And it's like, you know, I literally thought like maybe that person has psychosis really (laughs) like yeah even that person is manic or like what what is happening here and it's like you have to kind of just do you start seeing it all over the place i'll say yeah like Like, how many times kind of diagnosing yeah how many times outside of work are you like you're like do you use it as like a judgmental thing outside of work sometimes i think you know if i know people who like use use drugs for a long time i'm like this isn't good like you (laughs) need a diagnosed motherfucker right you need some invasion treatment so you know i definitely see that I feel or like, like that was pointed at me um yeah but i i mean the united states has finally come around to the like coordinated specialty care uh, like wraparound services so like if you can find a team that has like a, a therapist a family therapist a psychiatrist like 
school and work support, um, case management services, nursing services, those types of things. Like I think, I mean, the evidence I'm, I feel strongly about research. And so like the evidence has, has pushed towards those types of, um, services. So I think if families and people can do that, and I think NAMI is a great national resource for that. Um, and, um, SAMHSA and MikeLester.com. MikeLester.com. Um, but also just, and here's my kind of last thing is just talk about it. You know, like let's reduce the stigma. Like let's, let's get out there. Let's talk about when we struggle, how we can help each other, how we can lift each other up, how things can get better. I think is, um, kind of the takeaway here and just like things do get better and just having that hope and resiliency and I think that is super important of all the things for me personally um to know that it's not I mean this sounds so extreme but to know it's not a death (laughs) sentence or that it's not just well he's fucked up for life like I mean that that would be like I'm I got diagnosed with schizophrenia like yeah. My life is I'm over. Right. My mm-hmm. life is fucked. I'm over. I'm done. And it's not the case. Right. And there are there are ways to deal with it. And, you know, people live with these symptoms lifelong and, and they're manageable. And, you know, if you do have a family member who's struggling or maybe like you've tried all these things and it's out of control, like just take care of yourself and get yourself into therapy, get yourself into treatment find a way that you can take care of yourself because that's the only thing that we can do and the only thing that we can control. Um, I do know that Minnesota just uh, rolled out a new crisis text line. It's 741741. So if like an individual is feeling like they want to hurt themselves or hurt others, they can text instead of call. Um, So 741741 is the, I think the Minnesota line. And then I just can't plug NAMI hard enough they're they're fantastic and they have tons of resources there's different state chapters and like illinois and and minnesota have good ones so but you ever notice they always say consult a healthcare professional Mm -hmm. was there a a a moment in time where there's just all these healthcare amateurs going around right I don't know. Was it like for real? It's very strange how they say that. Right. Like they were asking all the first year college students, like, what's your opinion? Hey, Mike Lester, get over here. Diagnose my dad. And they go, oh, no. Yeah, he's cranky. No, I should. Oh, yeah, that's right. I should get someone with an education. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose I should have said that. You need to consult a health, mental health professional if you do have concerns about loved one or yourself. Yeah, don't go to WebMD. Don't go to WebMD. That's never a good idea. Or just come by. I can actually tell if anyone has any psychological disorder by looking at their crap there you go oh i thought i thought you were gonna go with the you can tell if somebody has a psychological disorder if they're not laughing at your jokes at your show type of thing that's also that's an indicator i was gonna go like a furniture (laughs) angle like they come and they pick the wrong ottoman you're like oh you got it that's the hard part about being (laughs) truly we just covered all the bases what the fuck (laughs) if you don't don't laugh at his jokes and you don't pick the right ottoman and you take a weird shit yeah Fucking schizophrenic. I can look at anyone. Oh, God on. damn it, Tevin. God damn it, we almost made it. All right, thanks for listening. We learned nothing. Goodbye. <laughs> and that was our episode. Um, thank you to our guest, Jill Nelson. Uh, we really appreciate it. We had a very good time. I hope you guys liked the episode as much as... Um, as much as we did and please go on our social media and tell us and even uh, we like posting 
Every time I meet people and talk about the show, I love asking people what their favorite and least favorite show is because it's always so different. It's just never, very rarely the same ones. So we're, we're going to start, like we posted some of them on our social media. We put pictures up. Um, our studio is finally kind of getting done, so we're posting pictures of that. We're renting it out if there's any podcasters out there. We are very much looking for filmmakers and editors. If anyone out there wants to uh, throw in on the show, the pay is shit. But uh, you get a Wilson leather jacket from the Brown Bomber and a recliner from me. So um, check us out. Give us a holla. And uh, if you need us, Tevin and I will be out wilding. <laughs> and uh, enjoy uh, yourself. Thank you for listening. Good night.